Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. No introduction at this point is the one and only Dark Raven of the Deep State himself, the one and only Velas. He's joining us today to break down all things, the musings, from deep within the dark covert curtain and the secrets that are only whispered, ideas that are only mentioned under the breath in boardrooms across certain agencies throughout America, <laughs> Velas brings it home to us. And uh, with that being said, Velas, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, V? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. I mean, I could complain, but, you know, who's going to listen? <laughs> well, you know, this this weekend it's all about Mrs. Gorilla, so... That's exactly what it is, man. It is. It, it it's Happy Mother's Day to everybody, and uh, Velas has there on his avatar as well. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are out there. Uh, enjoy your Mother's Day. May you all have a re- a relaxing day, a wonderful day, and uh, you eat well. Uh, you know what? What? What more can we wish for, right? <laughs> well, to quote from uh, Big Trouble in Little China, a six demon bag, but that's a whole other matter. <laughs> Velas, there is lots going on. Lots and lots and lots going on. It's like every week something is new. Yeah. It's very difficult to keep up at this point. It's like every other Tuesday there's a new fire breaking out at a food processing center. There's all sorts of stuff. I mean, we, there's a lot we can get into. I'm going to let you lead the way. It's your show. Where do you want to begin? Well, let me uh, do as I often do. I'll, I'll go over what, what we're going to cover today, everybody. And, and V is absolutely right, as he always is. Uh, I've been... Uh, cutting and pasting as I always tell all of you because it's like I've got really good content and then something happens and it's like yeah that's gonna have to wait a week um so we're gonna get a little bit into um the French fiber cut fiber optic cuts that recently took place um Mm. some thoughts on the supreme court and then we're gonna get a little deep on the stem cell topic um as I promised last week we've got a little bit more about Millie Weaver and some thought-provoking clips um Song of Resistance, which we can no longer play on the show, but I will post to Discord, uh, will be Valhalla by uh, Judas Priest. And well wishes, uh, I kind of missed it last month, uh, the, the uh, Indian holiday of Holly was last March. So my best to all of those that were observing throwing colored powder at each other. And then for my friends who are out of Ramadan, you now can actually rehydrate. And then lastly, of course, it's uh, Mother's Day this weekend. Hi, CJ. Good morning. Hey, so earlier this week on Gus is very vigorous show last Wednesday. If you haven't caught that, uh, go to Twitch or Rumble and go catch, uh, or for that matter now, it's probably been posted to the, uh, the Rogue News website. Uh, Gus was on Fuego uh, on, uh, on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. um, v, you had mentioned the idea of civil war in the United States, and I wanted to, to speak to that a bit because... Sure. Um, for those of us who've studied conflict, whether uh, academically or, or in military science, um, you know, conflict, everybody can take a number of different flavors. Um, you have financial warfare, and, you know, ask Russia about that right now. 
You have cyber warfare, which is a laundry list of things, including everything from intellectual property theft to infrastructure disruptions to just grade A spying. You have kinetic warfare, and that's your traditional troops on the ground kind of thing. Yeah. For many people in the United States, or quote-unquote Americans, um, we tend to interpret civil war from the reference of the war between the states back in 1861. But in political science terms, that really was a war between two countries. The U.S. Civil War was unusual because a single country split into two and basically went to war with itself. But if you're talking about civil war in South America, Africa, or other parts of the war, world, terrible, sorry, um, that's often defined as citizens fighting their own governments. So when it comes to American-on-American conflict in the United States, we have to ask ourselves, are we in one already? And if so, what kind is it? Because it doesn't necessarily, I know a lot of folks out there, and I've, I've bumped into people at, at <laughs> gun shows and down at the firing range who, who talk in terms of, of people on the streets with firearms. I, that's not what we're talking about. There's, there's a lot of subtleties to, to how that kind of a conflict inside the United States would take place. So just some thoughts. Um, speaking of conflict, just a thought. Um, why do predators often kill other predators? Because, yeah, they're seeking the same prey. Yep. Now, if we replace the word prey with goals, you could say the same thing about the world's elites. Yeah. Now, of course, the word prey still periodically applies with the world's elites. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that the world's elites are much like predators. Sometimes they work together, sometimes they don't. And that's a lot of what we're witnessing right now, whether it's Elon Musk with Twitter or many of the other things often covered by myself or other people here on Rogue. Um, there will always be periods of time when they, when they get into it with each other. On the power grid topic, I know I bring it up often. Uh, I'm going to bring it up again. Um, DHS this week cited, quote-unquote, domestic extremists are working to target the U.S. power grid. So let's also keep in mind when DHS talks about domestic extremists, that's basically you, me, and anybody in the alternative community who keeps asking questions about what they tell us is reality. My point, of course, is, is that we continue to see uh, these types of postings and notifications by the government, and that that does not occur in a vacuum. Yeah. Pakistan. Um, I've talked previously, uh, Imran Khan, uh, the former prime minister of Pakistan, was forced from power, and it was rather sudden. One of the ideas I wanted to share with all of you is, is that one of the probable contributing factors to what happened in Pakistan, and Pakistan matters because of its ongoing conflict with India, as well as the relationship of China and other countries in their dealings with Pakistan. One of the things that probably led to what happened to Khan, in my opinion, is the opium trade. 90% um, of the world's opium is still coming out of Afghanistan. And Pakistan's intelligence services, known as the ISI, do control a lot of what goes on inside Afghanistan. So whether he wanted more of a cut of drug profits or a host of other things, as anybody's guessed, there's a lot of articles out there about the various trade routes and smuggling routes out of Afghanistan to bring uh, opium or opium products into you know, heroin into other parts of the world. But one of them is through Pakistan, and there's a lot of corruption and payoffs to people to move that product out of there. So my prediction is, is his fall from power was probably more than likely had something to do with the, the trade in heroin and opium. Also, remember, as I've mentioned often, many of the world's bigger intelligence agencies, and you know who I'm talking about, for decades, they've used drug profits to run off the books 
operations. If you interfere in their ability to finance those things, bad things will happen to you. There's a rumor running around that Tucker Carlson might be running for office in the midterms. We'll see if that happens. In 2022, the projection right now is Pfizer's going to make $100 billion, subject to change, of course. Uh, just a reminder, they made $80 billion in 2021 and $40 billion in 2020. Well, I, I mean, right now, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. The, it's starting to reach a viral, viral level right now, what is happening with the latest data dumps from Pfizer they were pushing a vaccine with only 15% efficacy. And then today, one of the major insurance uh, companies, as well as financial companies, which is uh, Prudential, okay, the largest insurer, they just X'd out their COVID vaccine requirements for employment, just got 86th. Very and, interesting. And they made remarks that they're seeing a spike in people that are all of a sudden getting blood clots, strokes, and heart attacks between the ages of 24 and 42. Problematic. It's not looking too good, but go ahead. Yeah, and uh, just a reminder, everybody, I know I know many of you listening to today's show are on Discord. I know we had a couple new, new folks uh, get added the last few weeks. My thanks to CJ for, for helping folks get in there. Um, We've had a lot of, of very vigorous conversations going on in the hashtag health section of the, of the Rogue page on a lot of this. And there's just a, a plethora of topics being covered, everything from more data about a lack of, of effectiveness or efficacy of these drugs, as well as harm being caused and similar. There's, there's, I would, honest to God, of everything I've seen out there, I, I'm dead serious when I tell you all that, that between our hashtag health page and Frank, it quite frankly's um, uh, hashtag uh, Vax page. Probably anything and everything you might ever need on that topic is is in those two uh, Discord sections. Um, so if if you're if you're not on Frank's, go go reach out via his website and go see if you can uh, you can get on there. Um, by the way, John Michael Karma, that's a good one. Ramadan lasted longer than CNN Plus. Um, Twitter. So guess what? Uh, Prince bin Alawid of Saudi Arabia has changed his tune about Musk buying Twitter. Uh, he called Musk this week his friend in a posting on uh, Twitter and wished him well. Uh, this is notable based on the, the 12 points I shared with all of you last week about other things that may be related to what's been taking place with Twitter. The Saudi government Musk flame war on social media about Twitter being purchased by Musk was in many respects a battle between Musk and Al-Walid. For those of you who are a little fuzzy on him, he's that very high profile Saudi Arabian investor. Um, he used to do a ton of interviews with uh, very CNN. Close the Bush family. Yes, he is. He used to do a ton of interviews in the 1990s on CNN with uh, a program they used to have on Sunday nights called World Report. Then from there, he kind of branched out into the financial channels and so on. He's a very active investor, especially in the United States. Um, in many respects, he was, he was a, a good PR move for the Saudi government and their relationship with the United States. Now, the prince got in trouble uh, during MBS, or Mohammed bin Salman's crackdown on internal enemies a few years ago, and, and probably was, was tortured. Um, Al-Walid is a major investor in Twitter and is on their board of directors. So I think there's more to this than there might be at, at 
first glance, whether that's pressure from MBS or somebody in the Saudi royal family on Alawalid is anybody's guess. But the fact he's singing a different tune certainly is worth noting. So about the French uh, fiber cut, uh, straight out of our memory hole topics of the Nashville bombing and the uh, French OVH uh, cloud hosting facility that uh, they had four major data centers in France and one burned down uh, about a year or so ago. We have a number of, of high-speed fiber optic cuts that have recently taken place across France. And for those keeping score, that's the second major disruption of connectivity uh, in France within a year. Now, I've looked through a number of the photos. I had to go to some foreign news services, and in some cases it was languages I couldn't even translate, but I, I wanted to see the pictures. The attackers did not just cut the cables. They would cut several feet of the cable and then carry that off, which, which may, you can still repair it, but it makes it a bit more of a challenge uh, reconnecting those. Um, secondly, you have to remember these cables and the casings they're in are very, very thick. This is not something that you're necessarily able to cut with a hacksaw. And even French officials have described this attack as unprecedented. Now, the third item is multiple companies and sites were hit simultaneously, and the French companies involved included Natalis, SFR, and a company called Free. The fourth item is traffic was rerouted, which is normal, following the cuts. And it would be interesting, in my opinion, to see how effective that was. And the reason why I'm saying that is, is because in my old lives, plural, Many times when storms or things would happen, whether I was working for telecommunications carriers or I was responsible for critical infrastructure protection support along with other people in the Department of Defense, it was always important for us to study how effective were, were disaster recovery plans, uh, systems you know, moved communications traffic where they were supposed to go, et cetera. Because if the French ran into any problems with this, that would be an excellent indicator of where whomever these attackers are might attack next. The fifth item along this topic is you have to keep in mind cellular towers for cell phones are usually, not always, but they're usually physically connected by cables to high-speed networks. So when this occurred in France, the wireless networks were also affected. And the sixth item and the last item on this topic is this reminds me a lot about the topic I've raised before about the power substation in Northern California in 2014 that was attacked. Uh, in that case, a shooter was using a, a high-powered rifle with uh, hollow-point bullets that had uh, liquid mercury in the tips, which that's a very specific kind of way of attacking electrical systems. And the attackers in California back in 2014 knew exactly where to hit the Northern California power grid. If they had success successfully taken out that substation, you would have had some serious power problems in Silicon Valley because it was a major single point of failure which kind of begs the question, is what happened in France just mischief after the elections, which frankly I doubt, or is it something wider uh, or perhaps a threat by whomever against whomever? We'll see. Now, the Supreme Court, and I'm going to go with a typical Vela sort of narrative. Mike Moore recently pointed out, and I agree with him, that the leak of the Roe v. Wade case uh, was most likely on the part of Justice Sotomayor's staff uh, to frighten one or more justices to not overturn the decision. Sure. And of course, as we've seen in the news, uh, and I use the word left loosely, um, you know, extremists have threatened the justices before by stating they want to add more, more justices to water down the court. We've also had uh, threats against them personally, et cetera. What matters to me is what's going on behind the scenes. 
And the first item is, as the shockwaves continue to go through this massive flame war in social media, anything like that is designed to drown out discussion on other topics. And to me, this is classic military science, because what you're doing is, is you're drowning the battlefield with electronic interference to prevent the other side from leveraging their weapons and their resources effectively. Second, we have the midterms coming up. Now, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's important. Anything, and I mean anything, is possible prior to those elections. Everything from a wider war in Central Europe, power outages. We've already just discussed what was going on in France. And when I say power outages, I mean anywhere in the world, not just the United States. All the way to our favorite uh, joke about aliens landing. <laughs> so, will the midterms cause a major shift to one political party in the United States or change the balances of power in the United States. To me, that's not the issue. If things change too far in one direction, and I mean at the federal level, it becomes more of an irritant to our feudal overlords than real change. Anything they can do to send this country into chaos before those elections, in my opinion, they will do. And they are. They and they are. are. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening with the market. It's unbelievable what's happening... You know, I texted it to you, uh, you, me, and CJ. It's like we're in the middle of siege warfare. Yes. Food supplies getting cut. Energy supplies getting cut. You got, you know, women who should have been breastfeeding their kids for the first two years are now scrambling, trying to find powdered, processed baby formula, and they can't. This Mm. is where we are. We're, We're effectively being turned into Venezuela. Well, and to V's point, everyone, uh, it was posted on the Vela's page. I think also on the international page. I know Frank's pages have had the following uh, thing I'm going to raise. Uh, it, in fact, it's, it's popped up like all over the place. Somebody out there, I don't know who the original creator of the content was, but they've created a massive database of every single food-related manufacturing plant, processing plant, storage warehouse, transportation network assets, everything. It's a full breakdown of everything uh, in the United States that has been affected just the last three months. And it's, it's a bit more, if you look at it as broadly as, as I'm describing it, it's a bit more than, let's say, the 20 or 30 major facilities, although I actually think the number's closer to 80, uh, that have either had fires. And, and not everything's been, quote-unquote, destroyed, but a lot of things have been severely impaired. The other thing that caught my attention, thanks to a friend of mine, is it's not just the, the quote-unquote traditional food suppliers, be that chicken, cattle, or, or grain. Uh, it's a lot of health food providers. And to me, that's another eyebrow raiser because I recall vividly what happened during uh, the lockdowns in New York during the pandemic, where stunningly, and I raised this on a show, the state of New York told people that in the interest of public safety, all farmers markets were being closed. And this is literally what they said, but you can still get cigarettes and alcohol at the local bodegas. So loving. It's so loving. loving, So little. So trendy. So on the, uh, the Supreme court topic, this is where we have to turn to CJ who is often repeated, you know, in his kind of comments about focusing on the local level first, before we get into the federal world. And I know Gus has said similar. So at the local political level, this, in my opinion, this fall could get really crazy and disruptive. And to me, that's the real battle. And I believe that would be of concern to our feudal overlords. 
I believe it's one of the reasons why Donald Trump keeps trying to act like a kingmaker at all levels. Now, supposedly, I've seen numbers that say 20, others that say 50 candidates that he's supported have either won or won their, their primaries or what have you. Yeah, it's a massive amount. Some of that is perception. Some of that is reality. But, in, but you know, as we also know, perception can be reality. That gives Donald Trump a huge seat at the big table again. Now, Trump and others could be an attempt to disrupt success at the local level, or Trump could be trying to achieve certain goals that he wasn't able to achieve while president or, or other things. We don't know. We'll just have to see. Thirdly, on the Supreme Court topic, let us turn to the uh, all of you here in the Church of Ellis. Let us turn our books, uh, open our Bibles to the book of Mark Cuban and Rush Limbaugh, who both had said or have said, that the Supreme Court does what the Fortune 50 tells them to do. And if the Fortune 50 wanted the Supreme Court to do this, it begs the question, why? The fourth point, if we really want to go down the rabbit hole of the Temple of Delphi, we have this. I've talked several times about this topic of fetal tissue and who benefits from the trade in that material, including stem cells. Therefore, shutting it off is a major poker chip that can be used by one side against the other. So with that, let's discuss the stem cell topic. The, the material I have for today is something I was going to raise last week, but we just couldn't get to it, which I find kind of funny because of the whole Supreme Court thing this week. If you go back to the program I often reference from January 28th, the coverage of the U.S. government research and research money and the Epstein-Gates connections and quote-unquote why they were working on what they were working on and by the way, if you miss that program or, or you can't, Rumble is the only place you'll, you'll find a, a copy of that particular show. Uh, not to worry. I'm going to be on Frank's show at Quite Frankly this Monday, the 9th. Uh, Frank's shows always start uh, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. I should be on his show about 7.30 this Monday. And, and that's the content I'm going to cover on, on his program. This stem cell topic goes to the heart of the whole Twitter topic as well about control of information and what information can be posted. Now, you better believe, especially based on the disclosures we've already heard, uh, that Twitter was pulling discussions on this topic previously. Now, what's interesting is, in real time, Twitter just the past two days marked some postings by Patrick Ryan as sensitive comment content because he mentioned stem cells, to which Patrick responded and said, why is this sensitive? Um, And speaking of Patrick, he recently praised Governor DeSantos for, as he worded it, and I quote, shutting off the supply of stem cells as Dorsey and Musk should understand adult stem cells are preferable to the other kind, unquote. Now, stem cells and stem cell research, there's a lot of uses And there's a lot that has been done in that area and continues to be done. The question is, which kind of stem cells are you using? Are you using adult or teenage stem cells or are you using fetal tissue? And there's a lot of effective treatments that are being worked on for for horrific conditions like multiple sclerosis and similar. The struggle I've had in some of the research I've been conducting is the quantities of fetal tissue that's out there. Now, part of it's used in medical research and supposedly not drug production. I'll leave that where it is. But that's known. The unknown factor is what else requires this kind of quantity. Now, Judicial Watch recently made public that several tissue labs uh, engaged the National Institutes of Health, NIH, which is the parent agency of Fauci's NIAID group, 
They wanted NIH to give them public relations language that they could use to deflect and justify their need for the use of this tissue, which is another reminder, everybody, when you have a chance uh, to, you know, go read uh, Robert Kennedy's um, book. So Patrick Ryan had some additional thoughts on this topic, and it's his typical thing. He had a bunch of bullet points where he was asking questions and just kind of left them wide open. Now, I've got some answers of my own here. There's one I couldn't answer. So Patrick's first question was, where do fetal stem cells come from? Well, the answer is from abortion procedures. Which states produce the most fetal stem cells was his next question. Well, from several websites, the state who produces the most is Washington, D.C., which is really a district. It's not a state, but anyway, followed by New York, Illinois, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New Jersey in order. Now, let me say that again about the first thing I said. Washington, D.C. is conducting more procedures than New York or Illinois. That's kind of interesting. So his third question was, what was Epstein doing in the Virgin Islands? Well, his Epstein's foundation was incorporated there, and as we've discussed on my show and others, that foundation was managing investments in medical research, genomics, uh, coordination with people funding it, like Bill Gates, et cetera. Plus, there's no other way to say it. The U.S. Virgin Islands is not exactly going to investigate people with the kind of vigor you would have in other U.S. states if there was reason to investigate. His next question was, what was John of God doing in Brazil? Um, we kind of covered this on another show. Among other things, he could commit sexual assault of minors more easily. Um, also, my program from March 18th, I talked about the Oprah Winfrey connection. She supported John of God and Corrigan Clay, who ran that project called the Apparent Project, where they were, quote-unquote, teaching skills to people in Haiti. Hey, Valis, real quick, a uh, quick 10-second overview for those who don't know who John of God is. Uh, quick recap. Go ahead. Just let the audience know who John of God is. Yeah, he was uh, – uh, you're going to need to help me on this, V, because I, I – he was like a preacher kind of guy and, and uh, you know, kind of a new age guru and Oprah along with, you know, her book club and everything else had, had supported his work. And of course it, it blew up spectacularly because he was connected to child trafficking. And yeah, it was a Brazilian, uh, one of those um, televangelist type uh, faith healing type gurus. He's uh, he's uh, abused more than 300 women. That's uh, that's John of God. And Oprah was like his, uh, she was like a big fan of his. <laughs> yeah. And she had funded the apparent project yeah. uh, down in Haiti. And the Clintons were very connected to it. I had a photo of Bill Clinton with uh, Corrigan. So the other thing about this whole John of God topic is some of you may have caught in the news that Oprah evidently has not left her house in a while, which begs the question why. His next question was the one for which I don't have an answer yet. His question was, what were cartels doing in Utah? Now, I don't know the answer to that, and I've reached out to Patrick, but, you know, the likelihood he's going to respond back to me I don't is kind of slim. But, but I do not know the answer to why he brought up the Utah thing. His next question was, well, who pays for abortions? Well, according to Planned Parenthood and others, about 24% of those costs are covered by state and federal taxes. And depending on the state, there's additional money spent on those procedures. So the net of it is, is that federal and state governments heavily subsidize those procedures. His next question was, subsidies for genomics? Question mark. 
Well, we covered this on prior shows. Genomics funding has come from Health and Human Services, uh, National Institutes of Health, and NIAID, not to mention DARPA. And that rabbit hole goes deep. Uh, the takeaway, obviously, is the U.S. government ha- heavily subsidizes those research costs, much like they do for the procedures. His last question was interesting because we've covered this before as well. Chief Justice Roberts, question mark, Malta, question mark. Well, on December 16th, 2021, I covered this on the Supreme Court role in human tissue. John Roberts of the Supreme Court back in 2010, he sold all of his Pfizer stock to avoid a conflict of interest in court hearings dealing with pharmaceutical topics. In 2012, he controversially signed off on Obamacare and then literally right after that was released publicly by the Supreme Court, he immediately left the United States and spent two weeks with the Knights of Malta in Malta. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Now, I have a little bit I can add to Patrick's content, and uh, CJ and V, this is where I'll need the first of the images I sent you. This is a BBC article from 2006, everybody, about Ukraine. Oh, wait, let me get that set up for you. One second. Okay. Hobo Sermons, thanks for your thoughts on the cartels. I'll go take a look at that. So, uh, there we go. Um, Again, this, you know, before the war broke out and everything else, um, and I've got a copy of the article here on my desktop that I'll, I'll read to you because the image may not be too clear here on the on the uh, screen. And I'll, I'll post this to the to the uh, Vela's page. Um, in the December twelfth of two thousand and six, the BBC. Now this, you know, no harm, no foul. But this isn't like some alternative website or whatever with a handful of researchers who are putting their licenses on the line by saying, "Hey, we think there's something wrong." I mean, this is a major publication. In 2006, the BBC published an article where they said healthy newborn babies may have been killed in Ukraine to feed a flourishing international trade the stem cells, evidenced by the BBC suggests. I'm reading this for some of you that, that can only hear our audio of our shows. Um, the article goes on to say things like Ukraine has become the self-styled stem cell capital of the world. There is a trade in stem cells amid claims that they can be used to help find various diseases. Um, the BBC has spoken to mothers from the city of Kharkiv who say they, they gave birth to healthy babies only to have them taken away by the maternity staff. Yep. Um, the footage and data from this BBC report was not only given to the BBC, but it was given to the council of Europe and the council of Europe investigated it. And they said, and I quote, there's a general culture of trafficking of children snatched at birth and a wall of silence from hospitals in the country. So that's the first image I wanted to share with you on this topic. And then if you'll bring up that little black graphic, the second one, you had it up a moment ago. There you go. Yeah. Why is Ukraine at the world's forefront of stem cell therapies? First fetal stem cell treatment in humans was at the Medical University of Ukraine. World's first center to use fetal stem cells for therapeutic purposes in humans was founded in Kiev. World's first fully licensed fetal stem cell bank was in Ukraine. And then the anti-aging thing again about, we've heard about this with, with uh, Silicon Valley. So moving on from that, we'll go to the lighter topic of Kamala Harris. 
So if you'll pull up the Kamala image, uh, V, um, if you want to see what uh, a media and intelligence operation conducted against you folks looks like, we've got two pictures here. This is the first. Uh, some of you may not have known this. Uh, Kamala Harris dated Montel Williams. She, she, she was one of his floozies. <laughs> you can't make this up. No, seriously. She was one of his hoes. Like her, that girl next to her, a few other girls. These, she, she was on rotation. <laughs> God. So you have a high-profile media person, Kamala, who's working through the political world, dating a high-profile talk show host. But again, it's not what it appears. So, V, if you'll pull up the other image. No, not that one. I'm sorry. The uh, the text. Oh. We'll get to that one in a minute, folks. The text. Oh, there we go. There you go. So, what I'm what I'm going and again for some of you may may not be able to read that or you're just listening to the audio of the show. Um, this is from military.com. This isn't again from some fringe site. Who was Montel Williams before he became a talk show host? He was a naval intelligence officer, worked for the NSA. Hmm. He's got a whole bunch of his life that's that's off the radar because it was all doing highly classified work. Right. He was he was offshore on an intelligence ship during the invasion of Grenada. He spent three years on submarines, and he's had a heavy amount of intelligence work. And I find that interesting. <laughs> that. Uh, he suddenly becomes a talk show host and does media things and interacts with the public. And it's like, we got a guy who has spent most of his life working in intelligence circles. And then he starts dating to raise her, you know, uh, recognition in the public eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kamala Harris, who later becomes vice president of the United States. No, none of these things are related folks, not, not in any way, shape or, shape, shape or form. So moving on, if you'll pull up the, the Millie Weaver uh, image, so I brought up Millie on a prior show, and the image that V's going to put up here, uh, I got this from Brendan O'Connell. He's a rather interesting Australian guy who's on YouTube. Um, in the upper right-hand corner, that's Gavin Wince. That's Millie's husband. Uh, if you'll remember him, he's selling a product that supposedly encrypts your data. It's a, it's a box with a bunch of connectors. Nobody has any idea what it, it does. Even he doesn't know what it does. Right, and that's, in the... Uh, that's how advanced it is. In the, in the uh, mental joke universe, the device is spelled Q-U-X, but it's pronounced cucks. Now, some of you out there might know the urban meaning of that word, and I'll just leave that there. He's also... <laughs> get my cucks, box. Get cucked. Right, he's, uh, cucks. <laughs> he's also a filmmaker. Um. The, the interesting part of this photo, beyond the fact you've got Rudy Giuliani, Millie, and her husband, is the woman who's immediately behind Millie. Now, it looks like Tor. She pronounces her name Tori. Um, her, real, or her full name is Terpeshore Morris Lindemann, and she has heavy connections to John Brennan. John Brenner, Brennan is the former CIA oh, director. Good old John, Jihad Johnny. Yeah. Well... Some of you may have seen with all the uh, speaking of strange political events taking place these days, you may have noticed that J.D. Vance, you know, has, has won in the state of Ohio. Um, she filed in the state of Ohio to run for secretary of state's office. 
Who, Weaver? No. Corey. Oh, Corey. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Okay. Right. And uh, Brennan O'Connell has also called into question Millie's connection to people connected to a company called Psy Group, P-S-Y Group, mm. which is an Israeli cyber intelligence group. Now, what's that about? Well, this group has a history of expertise in honey trap operations, you know, using attractive yeah. people to trap people sexually. So he's discussed what I mentioned on my show about Millie, that she used to previously manage a modeling group in Los Angeles called the Hollywood Girls Club, there which was go. very attractive Los Angeles women available for sponsoring products or trade shows or basically any event where you need beautiful women to be present. Now, a bit of a snarky comment on my part. When I used to go to defense trade shows or conferences, I picked up a lot of intel, like either conversations I overheard or body reactions by people hearing certain content being covered by speakers, and I knew whose firms those folks worked for, et cetera. I picked up a lot by attending those events. But I would have been killing it if I was an attractive woman. Yeah. Uh, and on that point, no, for those- it's not too late. I know. Well, no, it, I could just self-identify. It's not too late. So, uh, and on that point, for those of you thinking <laughs> I'm going to mention Claudia Christian again, I'm, I'm not. Um, but the other thing I want to point out here, folks, because it, it also relates to some threads I've thrown out on prior shows. Um, yeah, Starbucks 6319, thank you for that. Um, remember the relationship of Ohio to Israeli intelligence. This, we're, we're back on the Les Wexner thing with the limited company and Victoria's Secret. Mm -hmm. John F. Kennedy, November 63, killed. January, February of 64, who walks into the state of Ohio? Les Wexner with millions of dollars. Sets up the limited companies producing clothing in low-cost countries. Eventually moves into lingerie. Takes a page out of Hugh Hefner's book at Playboy as very attractive models, starts using these models for honey trap operations and compromising people. A couple weeks ago, I covered the big technology news. Intel is spending several, several billions of dollars in the state of Ohio to build a microprocessing plant. They're spending right. over $100 million a year on programs at universities in the Midwest to feed talent to support Intel's operations in the state of Ohio. Now we've got Millie Weaver, who was in California. She and her husband are living up in Cleveland while she's working with Rudy Giuliani. This Tory gal is trying to run for Secretary of State's office. Will she succeed? I highly doubt it, but that's not the point. It, it puts her in play in that universe. It gives her a justification for meeting people. So again, there's many, many layers to this. And there's many, many threads to this, but we keep coming back to the same thing. Honey trap operations on many layers, whether it is, quote unquote, potentially the Hollywood Girls Club. We know it happened with uh, Victoria's Secret. We know it happened with Les Wexner. We have the we Wexner family's massive involvement with the Ohio State University and other major universities where they've been accused of using those relationships to launder money. So moving on from that, um, 
two clips here. The first is the famous Sinclair broadcasting clip with the famous, it's extremely dangerous to our democracy. So if you pull that one up. Which, which clip is this one? Uh, the left, strip, right? left, yeah. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we, we are concerned about trouble and trying to get responsible one-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 So much freedom. That's what happens when human beings are in an anthill. Um, when that all went down, uh, a bunch of networks, including MSNBC, lost their heads because they're like, well, those damn Sinclair broadcasting people, how dare they do that? And um, they turn the attention because, remember, we've got psychological operations people involved here. They turn the blame on Sinclair networks with kind of a subtle implication that that's no different than um, Rupert Murdoch over at Fox or when Murdoch was involved, you know, that you can't let these, you can't let Musk have Twitter and you can't let conservatives have, have um, news organizations. Now that's funny because the reality is, is that there are five major media firms who control most media in the United States. So the reality of their being upset about this was how much control each of those media firms have. Because if the distraction is, if Sinclair Broadcasting, for whatever reason, can issue that to hundreds of news networks all across the United States, and they all read it in unison, then what happens when MSNBC does that? What happens when other major media firms do that? Um, food for thought. Now, in a similar vein, I've got uh, Build Back Better. So v, if you can pull that clip up. ask how do we build back better to build back better or whatever we have a chance to reset the clock and build back better than before to build back better than before remember the the terrible damage of covid as we try to build back from this uh global pandemic joe biden calls it build back better build back better building back better to do things differently to build 
back better. We're going to build it back better. And build it back better. To my plan to build back better. Uh, start taking all the problems that have been created in right. education and mental health and start to, to build back in a positive way. I have launched a booklet called Build Back Better, written after coronavirus. It's about building this country back hey, It's better. Kamala. Growing conspiracy <laughs> following it. It is called The Great Reset. Unprecedented opportunity to rethink and reset the ways in which we live. The great opportunity for reset. The theory even calls Mr. Biden's campaign slogan, Build Back Better, a front for the conspiracy. Build Back Better. Building Back Better, our economy. Build Back Better. All elements of the Great Reset are fundamental to building the future we need. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. It's a big effort to, some would say, to build back, back better. We would say to really have a great reset. Conspiracy, conspiracy. Conspiracy. So there we are. <laughs> read the script, folks. Just I, I, read your I script. never get tired of the satanic pajamas. Yeah, it was nice of Emperor Palpatine to drop in on that uh, yeah. video. Um, so that's what I had for uh, today. And I'll open the floor to, uh, I'll post some of the uh, images. Uh, some of them are already there, but I'll post some of the stuff we used today on the Velas page. And then I'll post the, the Judas Priest song as well. Um, so with that, I'll open the floor to you and CJ. No, I think you did a great job. See, do you want to comment on any of that? Yeah, well, yeah, just run, yeah, real quick. Uh, great job, uh, Velas. Really appreciate it. Uh, just my only commentary today is is more so for 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 our listeners, those tuning in, is that uh, here lately I've been contacted by several people, uh, either 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 you know family members or people that are aware with some of my work. It appears that right now there's a, a massive amount of people who are really struggling with anxiety. Uh, a lot of things that are factoring into that and it's and it's not isolated to one industry whatever and i attribute to that to to primarily because i think that the the frequency of of information the frequency of of what's coming at us is is, is so fast and and whether 5g is playing a, a part of that i i think that it, it could be especially if you bring 5g into your home or you're near one of these towers i think that that frequency disrupts a lot of things neurologically from your sleep pattern. Um, I, I attribute that to a lot. I always encourage people to look for natural uh, solutions to com combat that. Uh, and then personally, myself, I think I've, I've experienced a little bit of it as well. And it's primarily because being engaged in the type of work that we do with media, you know, I'm plugged into, you know, Twitter, different information, stream channels, you know, probably a good probably 15, you know, 12, 15 hours a day, not constantly, obviously, but but in and out of different uh, news information. And I think I'm going to change that pattern up by really trying to tune out some of the static, uh, some of the noise that doesn't directly uh, impact me or my family personally, especially here on a local level. I think it's just it's just too much information. It very well could by, be by design in terms of of, of what that pattern is. Um, but, but we see it constantly with, with not only the news cycle, how it continues to change pattern from Ukraine, 
you know, you could even look at, you know, the whole Johnny Depp thing a little bit as well to uh, to the to the Supreme Court leak. I mean, this very well could be a plan to create so much information just coming at us that the American public really struggles to grasp what's happening behind the behind the background with the economic uh, collapse that's taking place. So just want to throw that out there. Uh, so if any listeners are struggling with that, you're, you're not alone. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are that are going through this uh, ideal in this transition period and uh, very well could be by design. I agree. And, and uh, very solid uh, comment, CJ. It's it's why I led with the show last week about reminding all of you out there to uh, turn off and or, you know, get some mood music or something, because it's what I said at the opening of the show about the way these things are done in military science. It doesn't mean that's what's happening, but it sure looks and feels like it. You flood the airwaves with a, with a hot button issue and you drown out other content. You deny us access or prevent us from having easier access to the type of information we're trying to get, whether it's on how to manage our finances um, tools we need to deal with school boards or uh, fighting any of the continued efforts wherever they may still be, noting V's comment about the insurance industry uh, for, for uh, forced vaccinations. Um, you know, I've been looking at a number of, of um, career opportunities myself right now, and I'm, I'm amused that there's still a number of organizations whose uh, job openings I've been reviewing where, where they're still stating on their website that it's like, we, we still expect you to be vaccinated. And it's like, wow, <laughs> that's on the front page. Um, even though in all cases, it's like you, you beyond the obvious, I mean, it's like you have no, no legal right to be dispensing medical advice. But yeah, uh, and as I said also at the beginning of the show, the, the certainty, I'm not even going to say likelihood, the certainty that this is going to continue this kind of noise and static that CJ was talking about as we get closer to, to the midterms. I don't know what they may do. I don't know what's coming. Um, I'm sure I'll try to treat it with a sense of humor as I often do, but I mean, be mindful. It's kind of like what Gus said after the election, when Joe Biden was elected, where he, he made, you know, Gus made a comment where he said, from this day forward, you got to be careful about anyone reaching out to you. You got to be careful about anybody talking to you because, because they're looking for us now. Yeah. And it's the kind of same thing here. We're in the beginning of the month of May and in, in political terms, kind of like the old joke about, you know, well, in geological terms, that was a very short event in, in political terms, the midterms are right around the corner. And, and we can see where things are shaping up. And it goes to why I brought up this thing about the, the local elections are what has powerful people concerned because they don't know how that's going to go. And Twitter now is in play. We don't, we believe, but we can't be certain that Twitter is going to be a more open forum for discussion prior to the election. There's obviously a lot of paid hacks in the media. We just saw a bunch of them in, in video clips who are going to be scrumming screaming bloody murder about the horror of the possibility of the public having the ability to actually talk to each other or express how they feel about things. And again, it was, I think, CNN. There was the famous clip on MSNBC that got out. I wouldn't even say got out. They said it live on the air that 
quote, it's our job in the media to tell the public what to do. And Donald Trump has no right, you know, when he was president, Donald Trump has no right to be informing the public, will inform the public. CNN and typical CNN fashion recently made a comment about the danger of things like Twitter because it means the, the media cannot shape public opinion. It's like, well, how, how gracious of you, our feudal overlords. So, so yeah, keep your heads, you know, look out for family, look out for yourselves, uh, look out for those, you know, uh, uh, as, as, uh, one of my relatives who served in the military will often say, keep your swivel on and check your six, because I'm telling you right now, boy, as we get into like July and August, I, if aliens landed on the white house lawn, I would not even, I would just take a sip of my coffee and go, okay, well, we've moved to this now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's more than possible. And again, they're going to try and treat this, as I said in today's show, they're going to try and treat this as though the fear is, oh my God, a whole bunch of Republicans will get into the Senate or the House. Well, that may happen. And some of those people may have the best of intentions. But as I've shared with all of you many times, I've worked in Washington. I've worked in federal agencies as a management consultant. I'm not somebody down. I mean, I was at times in the bowels of organizations helping frontline people. But I've worked with leadership of certain federal agencies. I know how they think. And I know what has them scared. And the narrative will be, oh, my God, the Senate and the House of Representatives. That's not their concern. Their concern is, what if we have three more DeSantoses at the governor level? What happens if we start getting some senators who really start getting ornery about investigations? You know, and the list goes on. What happens if we start getting attorneys generals in certain U.S. states who just keep filing actions against the federal government? That's what they're concerned about is the local and state level. And that, you know, to something CJ said many times, that's where I would advise a lot of us to keep our attention is, what's going on at the local level and what, what can you do? And, and it's been a while since we brought this topic up. Your local sheriffs. I mean, that's, that's, that's a key, a very key element is making sure you've got the right kind of sheriff in, in your area. Cause they're, they're one of your many last lines of defense. Absolutely. I think the, the way forward is always what Siege has been saying is uh, at a local level. Um, but we're in for it, man. I think uh, this summer is going to be crazy. So buckle up and hold on to your butts, as Samuel L. Jackson would say in uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> well, and John Michael Carm, a good one. Uh, the world needs Gort about right now from uh, the original uh, The Earth Stood Still film. <laughs> yeah, very well said. Uh, Velas, thank you so much for being on, folks. We do not have Harley today. He'll be in Monday. So keep it locked and loaded here. And with that being said, we're at the end of the program. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy your Mother's Day. And uh, that being said, we're over and out. Cheers, everyone.